Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Hey, everybody. This is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day. Plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen. This Jocks 94.5 podcast is brought to you by Millennium Satellite and Video. Log on to MSBnow.com. TV excellence everywhere. That's Millennium. McElroy and Kubelik in the morning starts now. All right, welcome back in. McElroy and Kubelik in the morning. Going to move on to the Super Bowl. Before we do that right here at 8 a.m., Greg's going to tell you about Crocker Moving Services. They're a local company owned by an Iraq War veteran, Eric Crocker. Crocker believes in hiring moves you can trust to complete full background checks and run drug tests on every single employee. These guys are good guys, and you can trust them in your home, whether you need your whole home packed up move, your company headquarters moved across country, or you just want them to come rearrange your living room. These guys got you covered. They also do deliveries for furniture that you purchase need to get to your home. So call or visit them online today for a free quote. The website is crockermovingservices.com. That's CrockerMovingServices.com. Support your veterans by choosing Crocker Moving Services for your next move. Can't think of a better way to bring in Steve Ackles than a Greg McElroy live reeks. I know how much he enjoys those, but he joins mm. us now on the Buyer's Right Hotline. Steve Ackles is the VP of Production and Monday Night Football producer. He's been behind the scenes around college football in the NFL for a long time. Joining us now, and Steve, I want to bring you in to just kind of have a conversation about the extent of big game productions and especially the Super Bowl production. I'm going to start with 165 cameras for this game. Uh, kind of take us through your production with Monday Night Football. Like, what, what would be the max number of cameras that you would have to organize and manage for a Monday Night Football game? Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, it's good to hear from you. I'm typically talking to you for the last 10 years, but I, I do miss uh, engaging with you guys on a weekly basis. Um, but as far as this week goes, uh, CBS has really uh, gone all in. Uh, first time the Super Bowl's in, in Vegas, obviously, and they're going to have full coverage. And what they have done, 165 cameras, uh, 24 robotic cameras, augmented reality cameras, they're going all in on new technology, some technologies that has been out there. Um, but you have to understand, they're covering the event. They're covering the scene. They're covering everything. So all those cameras help with their studio coverage and robotic cameras that'll look at the spear and that'll look at Bellagio. And I think they have three drones and five sky cams that they're covering the city in the scene. And then when it comes down to the game, that's where Jim Rickoff and Mike Arnold, Jim Rickoff is their producer and Mike Arnold, their director will dial it in for game coverage cameras. So uh, a very robust setup for that. 
a lot different than probably what they have on their, their normal uh, CBS Sunday show. Um, but, the, you know, there's, there's no saying that, that they do a great job and this production will be uh, pretty cool to see with some of the new things that they have. Well, just so we understand, 165 total cameras. What is the average on a normal Monday Night Football broadcast or uh, a normal college football broadcast? Like, what? Just to give our listeners a perspective, what is the normal number for those things? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, when you see 165, that's their total numbers of cameras that they probably have covering the city. When it comes to covering a Monday Night Football game. You know, we're probably, we're probably in the 40 to 50 range, but when it comes to game coverage, we probably have 28 replay sources, which means, you know, 25 to 28 different cameras that are covering the actual game for replay purposes, for analysis purposes. You guys know, you both do college football, Greg, on your game. Um, you know, you're probably in the, in the 12 to 14. Uh, camera range, you know, same with, same with you, Cole, on, on your package. So when it comes to, it just depends on obviously the level of game. You try to ramp it up a little bit throughout the season. Um, but that's what we're looking at on a normal Monday night game. And I can't speak to what CBS does on their, their normal, uh, Nance Romo game throughout the week, but I, I would imagine it's somewhere similar to what we do on Monday night, similar to what Amazon does on Thursday and what Sunday night football does, uh, with NBC and same with Fox. Steve Ackles is the VP of production and Monday Night Football producer. So I'm interested in the point that you made about covering the actual event. And I, I know there has been times in your career when there have been other things than the actual football that you guys have wanted to place an emphasis on and cover and discuss and talk about. How does that change your approach to a game? And obviously it's going to be magnified times 100 for this game as they, they want to take in all of Las Vegas and everything that goes along with it. Is that relying on somebody else to help you with certain things? Is is there? Do you change your approach in, in, in how you go into a certain game? How how different does it have to be when there is so much extra around the actual football that you want to cover for a broadcast? Yeah, that's, I mean it's 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 interesting because we have a lot of support, right? And you know, for CBS as they go into this game and they knew they've had this game for a few years, they go in, they do surveys and planning. Uh, Harold Bryant, their executive producer uh, in EDP production, he'll kind of help oversee all the whole, the, the broad scope of what's going to happen in Vegas, where the sets are, where the studio shows are. You know, they're covering, um, you know, the, the honor show on Thursday. All the media day that's going to happen today and tomorrow and, and, and Commissioner Goodell, all those different things are moving parts, and it really takes a, a huge team of operations. That's where really all the credit should go. Um, our, our operations team on Monday night, when we go into, you know, say like when we did our wild card game last year in Tampa, where first take is there, and get up, and NFL Live, and Monday Night Countdown. So all these entities are led by different people, but it all really comes down to one team. And it's just a planning purpose. So, you know, for, for these guys at CBS, um, you know, they, they have a big operations team that just kind of connects everything. And it's, it's really remarkable when, when it comes down to it. But for me, when it goes into a game like this, you know, we've never had a Super Bowl. We'll have it in February 27, um, for ESPN and ABC. But when we've done national championships, 
when we've done Rose Bowls, we try to make those events in the college football space and cover the city. So you're working with a bunch of different teams and mostly the operations team of where sets and cameras and everything needs to be placed. I know that there's a vast majority of people that will tune into the game on on Sunday that have not watched a lick of NFL all year. Uh, and I, I think a lot of our audience will have watched at least some NFL, maybe not a lot, maybe not as much as college, but have watched some. So as you are, if you were in the driver's seat for this show on Sunday, how much of it needs to be about kind of setting the stage for what's right in front of you because the game's so big or telling the backstory of, you know, what led these teams to this moment because there are some people that will be tuning in for the first time? It's a great question. You probably, you know, in your production That's twice. That, That's that twice you... it's been a good question, Axe. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> do you expect me to ask bad questions to just such an well, yeah, expert yeah. in the television industry? <laughs> No, no, I, I, I've heard bad questions before out of both of you guys, <laughs> especially when you were doing your sideline gigs. Um, what about when Cole no. asked Tom Herman if he was taking the Texas job? Is that a bad <laughs> <Wow>. question? <laughs> no, that was the question that was vetted out, and you know he he went in, you know, with it with a strong case about having to ask that question. Um, what about when Cole fought no. Tom Herman after the cameras went off uh, in a, in a knockdown drag out? fist fight with brass knuckles was that was that uncomfortable or is that okay well we had a we had a ban that video we had to we had to put uh <laughs> put that one aside but um, I, I i think i know who won that but um no i it, what was your question <laughs> <laughs> just how do you uh, balance a good one how do you balance the the storytelling no, no, aspect of these teams I, I versus like what's right in front of you and calling the game yeah, no, I remember that was joking. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard, right? Because these people that are tuning in for the first time, you saw the hardcore fans. In games like this, you know, again, I, I think uh, Jim Rickoff, the producer for CBS, um, will, will balance it in a way of, okay, all that's important is who wins this game. But you do want to tell a backstory. You want to tell the Mahomes story, how successful he's been, uh, in the early parts of his career, you want to tell the Brock Purdy story. You can't, you can't assume that everyone knows that he was the last pick in the draft, but you also don't want to offend the hardcore. It's like, okay, we got it. We know he's Mr. Irrelevant. We, you know, it's fine. We, we get all that. So, you know, I just think at times, um, you really have to balance it, but really when it comes down to when that ball gets kicked off, it's game documentation. You're, you're going to want to tell stories. You're going to want to tell a backstory or two. But the most important thing is documenting the game, working with your analysts, working with your play-by-play, your sideline, uh, to tell those stories, but document the game. It's penalties. It's rulings. It's replays. It's strategy. It's game planning. Um, you guys know, you, you know, you've been in production meetings of how to go into certain games and, you can talk all you want about, you know, no, they mostly play zone or they play cover two a ton or they're mostly a man team or this team blitzes more than any other team. All that's fine and it's great information. Um, but you got to make sure you cater to the average fan and you can't get too, you know, in the weeds with your telestration. Steve Ackles, Steve Ackles. Uh, 
Yeah, Steve Ackles is the VP of production, Monday Night Football producer. We're just, we're talking about this, this, this broadcast by CBS for the Super Bowl and how different it's going to be, how wild it's going to be. We have a couple people, Steve, that are tweeting in asking about something that you referenced, augmented reality cameras. There's going to be 23 of them in this game. Can you take our listeners further as to exactly what that is, what that means? Yeah, so in the past we used to call them virtual graphics. So it's like these kind of floating graphics you'll see on college game day, you know, like uh, graphics that kind of float and the camera kind of moves in and around them. AR graphics, I don't know if you – Anyone watch the, the Pro Bowl games yesterday in, in Orlando that we had on? Uh, Shameless. There was a lot of – Well done. Well, you can still go back and, and watch it on the app if you need to. But uh, <laughs> if, if – and I won't tell you who won. But you'll see these floating graphics that are done by our team, and CBS has their team. And it's all, all the same similar companies and vendors that we use. Um, but they're kind of floating graphics that you could basically take a Skycam or a, a – a jib, which is a camera on a long arm, and float through the through the graphic, and it's this 3D kind of effect, you know, like with this Oculus and all this this Apple stuff that's out now, where you put the headset on and you're kind of looking through stuff. It's a little bit like that, you know. It's just it's a more robust way to to view graphics and to digest them. What about uh, the the last thing that has been a a terrific you know, kind of invention for college football. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's been around forever now, but Skycam. And I think most of our listeners are pretty familiar with Skycam. Uh, it's the camera that hovers right behind the quarterback. It gives you a great view of the defense from the quarterback's perspective. It's very comparable to uh, playing a video game. And you, you see it that way. And I think our eyes have now been trained to see it that way uh, as consumers. Uh, I see five Skycams on the CBS broadcast. How do you manage five Skycams? Uh, or are they just set up in different areas? Like when you see that, that jumped off the page to me. How does that make sense? Yeah, it seems like a lot of wires that, you know, you don't want to get crossed up and entangled and, and in the air, you know, in uh, Allegiant Stadium. But, you know, when you see five Skycams or Flycams, um, you know, just so people know, Five sky cams slash fly cams. A fly cam is a point A to point B camera. So that could be on the strip going, you know, north and south over the, over the fountains of Bellagio. They could have a few of those set up throughout the city, um, to, to capture some of those shots. As far as sky cams go for game coverage, I'm not 100% sure they're planned, but we have in the past. Uh, for Rose Bowls or national championship games or semifinal games, used a high sky. So it's your normal sky cam that you guys have on your shows where you telly and replay and replay and replay and you, you draw all this stuff and you don't let the show breathe. Oh my then God. <laughs> <laughs> the other sky cam is the high sky. It kind of gives you that it's up above. It's a much higher look. It almost looks like it's, not from the blimp or a plane, but it's just, it's a little, it's a little higher where you can kind of see more coverage. It's, it's an all 22 look with people familiar with that phrase where you kind of see the whole field, but much higher where you can document some things. Yeah. I've also seen one, one thing that CBS has done in the past. It's kind of interesting where they have uh, basically a play that would work and they would do it almost in real time 
where they would play, they would show the replay, the first look replay, and they actually show little dots like X's and O's on a green field where they actually ran the routes, uh, as, and they show the ball being caught by Mahomes and running around. You see the little dot of Mahomes running around and throwing it. So they're actually able to recreate the play in like a small little green screen to the right top right corner of the screen where you can kind of see the entire play diagram. How the heck did they do that? Yeah, that's, I think you're, I think what you're referring to is Romo vision. Uh, yes, it's kind of like a right slab. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, it's done by, you know, NFL next gen, I believe. So every player gotcha. has a, has a, has a tag in their, in their equipment. And, we have it on Monday night. Um, before a play happens, I look at a screen and I can see where every player is. So I know who the top receivers are. I know who the bottom receivers are. You know, I'll know where Bosa is. It's just a snapshot glance of where everyone is before the play happens. So what CBS does, that, that information and data is all incorporated into this graphic. And basically they could just turn it around after a play happens. And then you decide what you want to look at, either the screen itself, the play, or how it's diagrammed and the trails of the, the receivers, say, you know, for, for that particular play. It, it's pretty cool. It's, but it's, yeah, very cool. And for folks who are kind of catching on here, Steve, it's pretty cool to think about like being in your position for a, a massive broadcast. And what you guys do on Monday nights, I would consider a massive broadcast. Can you kind of try to take us through? your decision-making process where you just described where you were just then that you could look at a screen before a play and there are certain decisions that you have to make either pre-snap or during the play and then obviously post-snap pretty big decisions that you have to make like just kind of take our listeners behind the scenes of what your process is in making those decisions well, sky freeze draw. It's easy. He 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 doesn't make Stop a lot of decisions. It, but in a, in a normal producer, like outside of that, what what uh, what which one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, I don't want your listeners to get too, too inside. You know what you guys do, but uh, it, it, what it is is it's all based on your team, right? And you know, Maddie Castles is our associate director, and it depends on what's down and distance, time on the clock. Um, you know, who's in the game. There's a lot of things that go into the decision of what you're going to do after a play. And you may have something planned, whether it's a, a package, you know, on Kelsey and his, his success or maybe not his success uh, of what he's done tonight. So you got that ready, but a big play happens. So in those situations, you have to decide what's best. And, uh, you know, we were closely with, with Joe and Troy and especially on replays with Troy throughout the week and, trying to get inside his head of what he likes from a coverage standpoint. Is it pressure? Is it coverage? Is it a route? Um, you know, and then if it's something close or controversial, was the ball caught? Was it on the, was his toe in? Did he bobble it? So you have to make those decisions. You put, you put aside the X's and O's and make sure the ball was caught first. Then you go back to, oh, how did you get open? So a lot of that happens with a huge team. Great camera people, tape operators. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a, a great amount of people in our tape room that, that, that help feed those replays, uh, to the front of the bench for, for myself and, and Derek Mobley, our director. So a lot of that happens with a lot of team effort. 
um, in communication and, you know, repetition and knowing what, what Troy wants, um, you know, helps. And that, that only gets better as you work more with each other. But remember, we, no we've only been together one year. Finally, Axe, you, you keep referencing the team, the team, the team. Just so people understand, and I, well, I think Cole and I have tried to illustrate this a couple times, how many people are on the team? How many people are on the actual production team? Look, you're going to see Joe, you're going to see Troy, you're going to see uh, you know, everyone that's involved on camera, obviously, but how many people are behind the scenes to make sure that Joe, Troy, and everybody feel real comfortable that are actually on the screen? Yeah, I mean, from a credential standpoint, I, mean, I think for our divisional game, um, Houston and Baltimore, I think we, you know, we were close to 200 people, but, um, you know, there's a lot of different people that do a lot of different things. You know, when it, when it comes to, you know, the core production people and tape and camera, um, you know, you're probably talking 80, you know, 80 to 90, um, you know, per, per, per a normal week that are pretty much with us every week. Um, but there's a lot of different areas and a lot of different people that, that help in a lot of, a lot of different ways. Yeah. How many trucks for a Monday night football game? We have seven. Seven trucks. That's okay. We'll, we'll hit that in a minute. Pretty <laughs> ridiculous. Steve Ackles, VP of production, Monday night <laughs> Don't football tell producer. Pash. Uh, you've been around Monday Night Football. You've been around the NFL all season. Uh, I want your prediction for this game. How do you think this one plays out? I, that's a bad question. No, first it's of all, not. it's actually a great question. Um, because you're, you're, you're doing the international feed. He can't call it because, because you're asking you're asking me who's going to win the game. Um, so now, listen. It all for me. It always comes down to two things: the quarterback and the coach and um this is this is very difficult because both coaches are excellent and the adjustments that Kyle made and what you know what the Chiefs do in these type of big games um is remarkable so I, I would lean Chiefs just because of been there experience Mahomes uh coaching staff uh, that that would be my lean. Not a not a hard confirm. Right. That's a that's a. I will say that's a where great get, where, that's a great escape by you. Um, mm. Well, you asked me who win. I you, I you know I said Chiefs. Okay. There you go. Uh, I feel like. Can, can I ask you guys who you like? Uh, I'm I'm most likely going to pick San. So you're, I'm going to pick Kansas City this game. Uh, just like the AFC title game, I'm not going against Mahomes. Just can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going San Fran. I don't feel great about it, though. I think they have too many playmakers. Okay. Well, I just want your, your listeners to – do you have viewers or you just listeners? I forgot. <laughs> just listeners. We can see each other on just Skype, listeners. so listeners. I don't know if that okay, counts. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> working on I'm, that. Sure, I'm sure they're listening and probably go the other way of whatever GMAC does. So We're trying to get some uh, more augmented reality cameras in here to, uh, so people can see. <laughs> Uh, Steve, man, we yeah. really appreciate the time. This is, this is cool insight as to kind of just how this game is going to go. We appreciate you taking some time. And, um, I just want to say publicly too that like, I know Greg and I both really appreciate you, but specifically I appreciate you. I would not be in television without you. And I just want people to know that 
So I've thanked you probably a thousand times. I want to make it a thousand to one and just tell you that I really appreciate you again and thank you for everything you've done for me. Well, I appreciate it, Cole. And uh, like I said in the, in the beginning, I, I, I do miss uh, our engagement and interaction. You guys have been killing it, and you've earned everything that you guys have have, uh, have gotten throughout your careers. And I'm sure only bigger and better things are happening. So uh, I, I hope to catch up if you're, you're ever in Charlotte. Uh, please stop by and uh, yeah, only only every Monday night. Have a good Super Bowl. Only every Monday night, I'm there. So we just <laughs> oh, miss each thanks other. Thanks for thanks thanks for the call. Well, you, yeah, the course is closed on, on Monday nights. too, so you should be yeah. able to see him. I, that's weird. That's I, I don't know. Well, I, I would think he'd be able to swing by. <laughs> well, we, we don't have any more Monday night games uh, this spring and, and winter, winter and spring. So if, you, if you're ever <laughs> you're still coming up, so let me know. Work. But hey, believe it or not, I do miss those texts of how terrible a job I'm doing in, in game. Um, so thank you. I just want to let you know that too. <laughs> Only trying to make you better. <laughs> thank you, Steve. Great stuff. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. You too. Steve Ackles, you, uh, producer of Monday Night Football, joining us right there on the Buyers Right Hotline. Let's sort of recap some of where we went with that and, uh, try to, try to put a little more context into that for the listeners. We have some questions coming in via Twitter. 800-239-9569. You want to get in? Back with more Mac and Cube next. Catch up with all things McElroy and Kublik in the morning by subscribing to the podcast. Mythically, he's grown. He's almost like a little bit bigger than a player, right? Like the myth of Bo Jackson. Like, rate, and download the show from the Jock Cup or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back in. McElroy and Kublik in the morning. Appreciate you guys tuning in. 8.27 a.m. Monday, February 5th, right here on Jocks 94.5. Uh, had some calls in from you on the NCAA, so we blew past our top three. We'll get to that at the back end of this hour. Then Richard Hendricks going to talk some college basketball with us at 9 a.m. Auburn wins at Ole Miss. Alabama wins at home against Mississippi State. We'll recap those. Bad box score of the day coming up at 945. But a fun interview with Steve Ackles there. Wanted to try to bring you um, just a little bit of a different perspective because you see some of these numbers with this game and what's going to happen, Greg, and how crazy it's going to be. And it's hard to sort of process it. Some people might look at 165 cameras and say, okay, that's probably just a few more than they have for a normal game. Um, don't really have an idea of how five sky or fly cams would work. Uh, we'll go in a little bit further detail on maybe just how ridiculous some of this is in a good way and, and what that broadcast going to mean when they have some of these extras on it. Sunday for the Super Bowl. Flu season still hanging around, though. Make your home healthier with Train's Clean Effects Home Air Cleaner. It removes up to 99.9% of airborne particles, including those that cause virus, 100 times more effective than standard air filters, eight times more effective than HEPA room filters. Find a dealer train.com for the Clean Effects Air Cleaner. Uh, so a couple of the things that we kind of contrasted there with Steve. First off, we, we asked him Monday Night Football, which is a big production, and there's a lot of resources that goes into Monday Night Football. Seven trucks for Monday Night Football. And if you're wondering what that is, you get a production truck. Obviously, that's where you're going to control everything. And different trucks handle graphics, audio. Um, you're able to talk back to the producer and director, things of that nature. Um, seven for Monday Night Football. Greg, there will be 19 TV trucks for this game. Like that. That just is just so everybody. Just so everybody has a uh, an understanding. A lot of crews actually do it without trucks now, yes. um, which is pretty crazy. Uh, it's called Remy, um, which means it's a remote broadcast. Uh, in some cases, guys are pr- the producer, the director, all the video folks are actually back in Bristol or in Charlotte 
or they have a, a place in, in the woodlands in Texas. Orlando. Uh, they do some out of Orlando. Uh, they have a few in LA. Um, so you actually route the TV back to the actual hubs and then the broadcasters are on site, but everything else is done remote. That's called Remy. So there's zero trucks in that uh, scenario. On our show, we have three trucks. Cole's show, I would imagine you have three or two. Did. You did have three? Or Last you... year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, anyways, <laughs> not to bring up sensitive topics here, but like, a normal, like, high-level big show is going to have three three trucks most of the time, but more and more we're getting to Remy because it's cost-efficient and the technology and the fiber is faster. So I think in time, everything will go remote. Um, but as of right now, trucks are still the standard way of doing it at the highest possible level. So to think that there are six times more trucks at the Super Bowl – than there are for a college football playoff semifinal game is pretty insane. I think for the national championship, they do seven trucks. So um, that's still pretty significant, but to think it's two and a half times that uh, on the Super Bowl is, is pretty amazing. It's nuts. when you uh, 165 total cameras. Steve told us, what, 40-something for them on a Monday night 40 football to 50, game? Yeah. Uh, 24 cameras with 4K zoom extraction capability. You guys know what that is, where everything is blurry behind like the one individual that they're focusing on running off the field. Uh, this is one Greg and I talked about that I'm, I'm not even really sure. I, I'm kind of anxious to see it because I don't know how this is going to work. Six doink cameras embedded in the uprights. Yeah. Um, I would imagine. So two, four, but then, so that's three on each one, like one bottom middle. And then two, I think you have one bottom middle, bottom middle, uh, two corners, two highs, and then one right below. But if it's only, or is it in each upright or six, is it a six total? So you think two at the top of the uprights, three across, one in the middle, two on the sides on the elbow, if you will, and then one at the bottom. That'd be my guess. You think it's six in each goalpost, not six total. Oh, I didn't think about it. I think six each each would be my guess. 24 robotic cameras, 20 cameras embedded inside the end zone pylons. Like a, like a big college football game or Monday Night Football has a pylon cam. 20 cameras inside all the pylons. That is, um, that's a lot. 23 of those augmented reality cameras that we talked to Steve about. Five sky cams or fly cams. So a fly cam, the best way that I would describe it to folks, if you, if you're not sort of grasping it, like think about the Olympics, like hundred meter dash, how they have the camera yes, that like runs with visual. them. Like that would be that would be a fly cam there. So five sky cams, five cams. Steve gave us a great yeah, description a fly of like cam a high is, sky cam. Yeah, a fly cam would so basically a fly cam is A B. So think of it as a zip line. Yeah. That's basically what it is. It's a zip line. And a sky cam, there are four points uh where it's actually locked. So one in the in each corner of the end zone, way up high in the in the actual uh, building, and they actually, in some cases, have to bring in cranes for the sky cam, depending on what the stadiums can handle. Obviously, all NFL stadiums are built with sky cam in mind because all NFL games have sky cam. Uh, so they'd have four points, one in each corner of the end zone, and then the high sky would be uh, mounted in the exact same area, but it would fly 50, 60, 70 feet higher so that you could catch all 22 players. Yeah. Three drones, five depth of field cameras, uh, six sets on the strip and in the stadium, 
49 replay machines, 600 plus record playback channels. And as we mentioned, 19 trucks for this game. It's just, it is going to be a massive haul by CBS. And, and I mean, why not? Listen, it's the Super Bowl. You put everything you've got into it, but some of this stuff is fascinating, GMAC, with just how this game is going to be shot, produced, and broadcast. Well, one thing, and I thought Steve brought to light some interesting points too. Uh, a lot of times, like Vegas, uh, a significant portion of their, I guess you could call it GDP, right? Or the city revenues created is tourism. So Vegas, I would imagine as part of their Super Bowl proposal, um, was probably backed by, you know, visit Las Vegas or whatever the heck it is. So they're going to have cameras mounted all across the city to help highlight you know, what makes Vegas really cool and unique. So the sphere, the Bellagio dancing fountains, the welcome to Las Vegas sign, you know, things like that. Uh, if, if Ackles was in charge, he'd probably have one at, uh, you know, Southern Hills or up on the summit, uh, you know, at the golf courses up there showcasing some of the incredible golf that you have out there. But, uh, that I, like we did the Hawaii bowl, gosh, 2015. And I never really thought about this, but a big reason why the Hawaii Bowl is probably there to stay and will never go away is because Hawaii tourism pays for the shots that you take. So as you're going to break, you show a shot of Waikiki. As you're going to break, you show a, you know, some incredible visual of what makes Hawaii beautiful and it gets people to think subconsciously, man, I really want to go to Hawaii. It's December 23rd and look how beautiful it is. Uh, so I would imagine that's probably a big part of what the 165 are just showcasing what makes Vegas amazing. And I'm sure Vig- visit Vegas or whatever the heck it is that sponsors that, uh, they're probably paying for a lot of those extra cameras. Absolutely. So just a lot that goes into it. Uh, some cool kind of details. Wanted to take you behind the scenes a little bit of how one of these games would operate. Cause you see those numbers and we'll share that CBS graphic with you from uh, the Mac and cube accounts uh, at Mac and cube on Instagram at Mac and Cube via Twitter so you can kind of see it for yourself. But it's just wild to think about what this game will be, how much is going to go into it, how different it's going to be. Um, if it's uh, you need a different temperature in your home, though, Polar Bear Services, GMAC, probably who you need to call. You know, I know the temperature in our home has been hot, cold, but ever since I've signed up with Polar Bear Services, it's been steady, man, consistent, right where we want it. They're such great guys, and what I appreciate most is just how honest they are. You call Wes, and he's going to tell you, hey, here's your issue. Here's what we got to do to fix it. Here's what it's going to cost. I'm never surprised by anything that they throw at me. Sometimes, sure, I understand that there are some wrinkles, and maybe the extent of fixing the problem is a little bit more intense. So, for instance, when I had to have my EVAP coil replaced, I said, hey, man, this is a bummer. Worst-case scenario, you got EVAP coil replacement. Let's go take care of it. We did. And they got done that day, and they took care of it, and it's never been a problem since. These are the things that Polar Bear Services can do for you. They can all also work on small appliances, and they're all throughout the state, too. They say Birmingham, Anderson, Tuscaloosa, and Huntsville. Just call them. Just call them. They might be able to get to you more than likely they can. Remember, if you have a problem with your electrical, heating, or air, just pick up the phone and call the bear. It's 205-497-BEAR. It's 497-BEAR. All right. When we come back, continue talking Super Bowl next right here on McElroy and Kubelik in the morning. The capital of the sports talk nation. This is Jocks 94.5 and JocksFM.com. Hurry all right, welcome back in. McElroy and Kubelik in the morning. Top three coming up in just a moment. But as we discussed earlier in the show, SEC and the Big Ten, Greg, a joint 
advisory group has been formed. And there are a lot of people speculating uh, a lot of different directions on where they think this may go, what they think this might be. Um, there are obviously a lot of different directions that it could go. There are a lot of things that could be accomplished by um, this collaboration between the two most powerful leagues in college sports and obviously the two most powerful commissioners in college sports. Um, I think it's it's good first and foremost to see that those two commissioners – can be even somewhat on the same page because that has not always been the case and not by the SEC's fault. Uh, the Southeastern Conference announced Friday, SEC and Big Ten announced formation of a joint advisory group of university presidents, chancellors, and ADs to address significant challenges facing college athletics and opportunities for the betterment of the student-athlete experience. What is the? What do you feel like is the primary goal of this collaboration, Greg? Uh, a couple things. Um Initially, I was thinking, all right, they're getting ready to to basically leave on their own. But I don't get that that's the sense. Um, I think you kind of have to look at how we got here. And it really started when all the leaders of college football met in Houston to talk about the 12-team playoff. And they were trying to move from a 6-plus-6 six six and – the six automatic qualifiers from the top six leagues or whatever and six that are no longer or six at large qualifiers. And they were, they have to have unanimous support to vote that in. And the PAC 12 refused to support the five plus seven model. So it was shelved for the time being. So as of right now, the Pac-12 is basically going to get, yes, there's, that's right. In case you're wondering, there are two teams in the Pac-12 at the moment. Uh, but as of right now, one of those two teams is possibly going to get an automatic qualifier into the college football playoff, which is absurd. Um, I, I don't necessarily blame the Pac-12 for voting the way they did, but it's just right now we're looking at the landscape and, and the fact that Coaches and administrators are leaving college into the professional ranks, which is a, quote, concerning trend for Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti. It just you need leadership, and the SEC and the Big Ten are the only ones that are going to be able to provide that. Uh, and them collaborating is going to kind of spearhead, hopefully, a new era of college football where they can start to play by their own rules. Uh, another concerning trend for folks over the weekend, Greg, was how much rain was hitting central Alabama. And obviously they can handle that uh, if they have our friends at B-Dry and make sure it's not a problem. Well, B-Dry has been serving Alabama for 60 years. So homeowners know that they're going to get the largest waterproofing company in the country at their house. And the only company with a solution that stops all five ways water can enter your foundation. Like I said, the strongest possible warranty it gives me great peace of mind as a homeowner, especially knowing we had crazy amounts of rain in the last 24, 36 hours. Get Be Dry out to your house now. And if you're downstairs in your basement or crawl space, take a look around. See if it's wet. See if there's mold or mildew beginning to spread. Because that can be harmful not just to your home but also to your family as well. You get right now, you get the job done right with the strongest warranty. And you're going to get the best price because Be Dry is offering 12 months interest-free and no payments for 12 months, you get the job finished without having to put any money up front. 
at the moment. Call them at 942-1976 or visit BeDryAlabama.com. We'll get to our top three of the day next right here on McElroy and Kubelik in the morning. Catch up with all things McElroy and Kubelik in the morning by subscribing to the podcast. Mythically, he's grown. He's almost like a little bit bigger than a player, right? Like the myth of Bo Jackson. Like, rate, and download the show from the Jock Cup or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back in. McElroy and Kubelik in the morning, Monday, February 5th, 8.47 a.m. right here on Jocks 94.5. Uh, top three coming your way. It can be sports, non-sports, good, bad, usually terrible. I think we had two good ones in the last week, which is a very high batting average for Damian Mitchell. <laughs> Tell our mm. listeners about BetU, though, before we get into the top three. Absolutely. It's a new legal sports betting app here, funded in Alabama, launched in Alabama, and it's the only, the first and only legal sports betting app in the state of Alabama. BetU is all about betting head to head with your friends. You don't have to worry about a bookie. There's no juice, no fees, no house takes. Listen, a $20 bet is a $20 bet. You and your buddies get ready for Super Bowl Sunday. A lot of prop bets. There on Bet U. All you have to do is download the app. That's Bet and the letter U. All right, top three for today. Which direction we headed for today's top three? Oh, we're actually heading towards the wrestling ring because I mean, after SmackDown and and the hype that the Rock had for down here in Birmingham, Alabama. So the top three this today are the top three tag teams. Oh, your uh, top three tag teams. If you say today as if you're asking me active no, no, tag no, just, teams, no, I, just, can't, I can't even. Cole's going damage control. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are the Usos still around? I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm technically yeah, 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 right, yeah. yeah. Opposite is. No, but just your top and, three yeah. of all time. All right. Number one, I'm going British Bulldogs. Um, number two, I'm going to go Rock and Roll Express. Um, number three, I gotta go probably Road Dog Billy Gunn. I don't know if they had like a separate name for their tag team. The New Age Outlaws? I believe that was it. I think that was it. You're right. Sounds about right. It's tough, man. Like you would think there would be more just easy go-to names for tag teams over the years, but um, those would be mine right there. I like the OG tag teams, by the way. Like I don't like when somebody's like. What about what about Austin and Michaels when they did it for like one match? Right, like, yeah. Come on, guys, that's not we're not we're not counting that. Like, all right, Greg, where are you going? Oh, uh, to be honest with you, like I don't really remember tag teams as a kid as much as I remember individuals. Um, like albums. So after right, yeah, are albums yeah. now. This is the albums of, of wrestling. Okay, right. Just remember the wrestlers, not the tag teams. Okay. That's it. I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, like, I don't recall one growing up where I was like, oh, yes. Like, let's go. The Dudley boys are out there getting after it. Like, I don't remember. Yeah, so that would be literally answer right there, right? Steiner Brothers I mean, out here just waiting. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say for me as a kid, um, gosh. I mean, Edge and Christian with their dumb glasses was one that I kind of <laughs> like. New Age Outlaws, and then probably the Hardy Boys. Adam boy. Steiner Brothers was a good pull. Saber, where are you going? Top three, though. An honorable mention goes to the Rock and Sock Connection. Because I just felt like, no. because I mean, they were, they weren't really one, like Cole said, like they were just two thrown together, but they were entertaining and fun as hell. Yeah. And so, but they're not in the top three, but I felt like it was warranting mention. And again, McFoley was at Walter Wills Friday. The Rock was there Friday. They were literally feet from each other, Birmingham. Like, <laughs> WWE, you missed a major opportunity. Okay, I'm moving on. Sorry. Number well, three. If, the, if you would have had, 
if you would have had mankind and the rock out there, like that would have been another level. Correct. And fully, right. fully and the rock walking in the ring together to take out Roman Reigns. That would have just been too much. <laughs> Number three for me, Legion of Doom. Oh, Road Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I never knew you could wear like shoulder pads outside of like football. Uh, but um, I mean, that made it cool. And now, now all you got to do is get an interception in Athens. Oh, true, right, right. right. Yeah. I mean, Georgia just copied it straight up. But yeah, I get 100%. it fine. Yeah. Uh, number two is Harlem Heat. That's all okay. Yeah, that's old school. I mean, I was in high school, but thanks for but that. That was an original. I mean, they were like right, an actual yeah. tag team, Correct, not just right. like an all-star team. And then yeah. one of them went Beyonce, and you know, went solo, and just like Steiner Brothers, you know, they, they went separate, and one of them blew up. And number one is the Hardy Boys. Yes, sir. I mean, they were. What about DX? They're in my top three. Yeah, New Age Outlaws. Yeah, DX wasn't a tag team. They were an entity like NWO. I think we're specifically... China wasn't tagging anybody in. Triple H and Shawn Michaels. (laughs) Well, maybe Xbox once, but... Well... Heart Foundation kind of went that route also. That's true, right, yeah. Great tag team, but then, like, Brett kind of don't need you anymore. Right, yeah. 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 All right, Damien? Now, number three for me was DX, specifically just Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And I saw That's that, like, not a tag team. It is. <laughs> we're not allowing that. It is. I'm sorry. Were, like, I'm not going to allow it. Champions. Which is why I didn't put Scott Hall and Kevin Nash in mind. Well, I would say the outsiders DX. were more of a tag team right, than yeah. they were. Yeah. So who, who I would, the outsiders? Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Jesus. You're a little too young for that. Right. But yes. <laughs> I got to get Bischoff here because of them. Right. You knew Eric Bischoff. Okay. No, yeah, I knew him, but like he was, I knew him as a general manager of Raw for a period of time. Go ahead. So number two, number two, I've got rated RKO. That is Randy Orton and Edge, and I'm telling you, it was a show. Well, he's going to go all All Star teams, basically. Pretty much, right? No, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. His favorite player is LeBron. Legit. What do you expect? They were legit. Let me just say this though: you're not an actual tag team if your tag team didn't have a name. Rated RKO, Randy Orton and Edge. Like they literally that's had the name. That's a that's though. a dating name. That's a benefit. Oh my god! No, no, no. That was mm. that's a straight move with the goalpost. You say you got to have a name. They literally have the name. That's a not Damien. I'm on Damien's side here. As much as I disagree with him, I agree with you. You're on there. You're right there. That is a name. That that's <laughs> not you. a benefit thing. It was like that is a finishing real thing. move. Name was it not? That was Randy's finishing move. Right, but, but like, that was their known combined, as a rated R superstar. Their combined finishing no, move. Edge is known as the rated R superstar, and they go ahead. Rated R. Finish, finish. And number one is the, is the Hardy Boys. Of course, Jeff and Matt. Like, you can't beat them. You know, it was only a matter of time before we got back to the regress to the mean with him. I mean, he had a stellar week last week, and so that's, <laughs> this, this is expected. I had to get back terrible again. <laughs> right. Um, one that didn't have a name, though, and this predates um, the two younger on the show, but Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik were pretty legit as a tag team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what were they called? Mouthful. They, what were they called they, again? They did, I don't think they called them. I said they didn't have a name. I, I prefaced it. Um, I think they might have though. But you had some others that it's were like, like they were good tag song. teams together, like Demolition together. Yeah. They kind of like a knockoff kiss, I think. Right. Yeah, how you would yeah. sort of describe that, reference that. That was a good one. Wild Samoans is probably too old for a lot of people on the show here. Don't remember that, but that was like a real tag team. Um, there've been some good ones, like like John brought up Steiner Brothers. Didn't really need each other for very long. Okay. When they were together, was pr- they were they were pretty good. You're not going with the shield, Damien? No, that's more of a – what is it when it's three of them with a faction? I think that's what they call it. John, how about natural disasters? Typhoon and earthquake? Yes. Oof. They could have. They, they would have been an awesome slide protection, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they weren't. You weren't getting through them. Um, honest question. Honest question, though. Like, if you could collaborate 
a tag team at any point with any two individuals, who would you go with? Did you, is it impossible not to take The Rock and Stone Cold? Yeah, but yeah. Okay, cut. You're taking any two in their prime? Yeah. I'd probably go. Any two ever. I don't care. Maybe, take, maybe Stone take Cold. Take Hulk Hogan Stone and Cody Cold Rhodes. And, uh, I don't care. Stone Cold and Flair. <laughs> I say Stone Ooh. Cold and Shawn, Shawn Michaels. Be a good one too. I was thinking Rock and Shawn Michaels. Oh. Michaels and Flair would be great. If you're, oh. if you're talking about putting on a show. Like those two. Yeah. Incredible. That after party though. Well, depending <laughs> on when, many would survive. depending on when you got Shawn Michaels though. If it's later in life, That's okay, fair. it'd be a, yeah. You know. Absolutely. Uh, give you a C plus on that one, Damien. <laughs> it's above average. You tried. <laughs> you gave it a good effort. It's literally a passing grade. Yeah, right. It's like, a passing grade. Gusty Ghouls tries all the time. Brokered by EXP Realty. They have served more than 3,000 home buyers and sellers in the greater Birmingham area. GMAC, that's why for all your real estate needs, it's got to be Gusty Ghouls and the Gusty Ghouls group. Google Gusty Ghouls. You can check out all the reviews, 800-plus five-star Google reviews, or you can just go straight to their site, GustyGoulasGroup.com. That's GustyGoulasGroup.com, and start packing. Yeah, I've used Gusty Goulas Group. Family members have used Gusty Goulas Group. They can help you for all your real estate needs here in central Alabama. When we come back, we go to the hardwood. Richard Hendricks, former Alabama great, joins us to break down SEC hoops from over the weekend. Next. This is McElroy and Kubelik in the Morning. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kumal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. 